Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. Good morning. My name is Yasmina. Um, I am a pastor here. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, my husband is Akeem Prosser here on the front row. We are, um, we have our, today's actually our sweet daughter's third birthday, y'all. We made it. <laughs> To three. Thank you so much. Yes, that's perfect. You're amazing, Romy. Um, and we've actually just had a really big week. The Prosters have had a really, really big week. Um, we've had a big season, a couple of months actually, but this week um, we <laughs> uh, moved out of our house of six years, our first home that we ever owned, um, and uh, for the purpose of closing on Friday purpose of closing on Friday. Did not happen. That's okay. It's going to happen in like the next couple of days. We moved in the rain, three days of just pouring rain. We're moving. We have a toddler, so that's like a whole thing. Um, And, you know, we are now living out of suitcases and crashing with some beautiful friends here. The Calvins have taken us in, the Prossers. Um, Suitcases and all my friend Meg tried to get me to only pack three outfits each for my daughter and myself and put everything in one suitcase, which made me feel like a crazy person. That's not possible. I am a severe overpacker. I like to pack my entire closet with me wherever I go. But we managed to fit our lives in about four suitcases, three, three and a half suitcases. So... So not only are we, we've moved out of our house, we're in the process of closing our very first home, we're living out of suitcases, we just found out that we have a home to rent, which has been a whole thing that we will be talking about today, um, on Wednesday. Wednesday we got the call that we finally got accepted uh, for renting a home that we want to do for a couple of years after two months of literally every day searching for a rental home. So we got the call on Wednesday in the midst of moving, which was very exciting. Um, And now we're just waiting for a couple weeks before we can get into our home. So all that to say, my dad flew in from Egypt and now I'm preaching. So here we are. Happy week, everyone. I'm here. I'm doing great. Um, I feel stable. So that's good. But um, no, this this has been such a beautiful morning already. And I love that you shared what you shared. Clayton, Oh, God, I'm going to cry. You are incredible. I'm so grateful for the, um, for the, uh, um, for the father that you are to this home, to this house, to this body of Christ, that you lead with such humility. Thank you for leading us with humility, because that's the father's heart. So thank you for coming up here and never... Um, fearing to share your heart with us and the real things that you walk through with the Father. Thank you. Yeah, let's let's just honor Clayton really quick. With, um, this makeup does not cry well. It will give me like lines. So here we go. Um, but yeah, I just I love that you share that because actually I'm going to be talking about listening and obeying to the Holy Spirit today. Um, uh, and just the journey that Akeem and I have been on. I'm going to share really my personal journey, though. Um, but it is something that we, Akeem and I have actually been really um, doing together in this season. And um, in our marriage, it's actually been a really beautiful thing. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I was, I was thinking back to this weekend is just like my daughter's birthday is such a significant week. And I remember actually I got to preach two years ago on her first birthday where she got baby dedicated and it was Pentecost Sunday. And I actually spoke on the Holy Spirit and I was laughing. I went back and listened to my message, um, on our podcast. And uh, I just was like, man, I, I had one level of revelation there, right? Of the Holy Spirit, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, waking up to the Holy Spirit's presence and power in my life. And just that Galatians five, that whole chapter, um, of freedom. It was really the Holy Spirit and freedom. Did I just meet you at Cole Lessons recently? Okay, cool. I was like, sorry, we're having a moment. Um, and, uh, and, um, and now two years later, I'm seeing this new level because the kindness and the patience and the grace of God is so real where he allows us just to like come into things 
and very naturally and very beautifully and just at our own pace. And so I'm listening back to that message from two years ago and I'm like, that's really cool. Holy crap, I've just learned a whole nother level of that. You know what I mean? And, um, and his kindness is just, there's just so much grace over that. And, um, and then I was also reminded, it was about this time last year in the midst of COVID, we had um, Clayton and Romeo over sitting with Akeem and I in our backyard. And um, we were kind of weeping. Do you guys remember this conversation when we were talking to you about how we so desired to live surrendered, more surrendered to the Holy Spirit, more surrendered to God? We look at you guys with the love and just the amazing relationship you guys have with God and the, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And we're like, we want that. And we were tearfully sitting with Clayton and Romy saying like, we're okay, but we feel this, um, this desire to, to be in more, live more surrender and live more in step with the Holy Spirit and, and God, but we just don't really know how, like we just felt stuck. We were really struggling, um, in our faith, um, with just, just this, just the surrenderedness, really just the, 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 the listening and obeying the surrender, the yielding, the yielding to the Holy Spirit. And it's amazing to see a year later around the same season, like spring seems to be just like a season for us in the browser household. And, um, kind of God giving us this, this opportunity to put to test, to, to experience deciding the decision to surrender, to yield, to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. And I, I'm amazed that God constantly invites us. Like he gives us options and opportunities to go deeper. If we want that, he's, he gives us opportunity for that, but it's, it is on us to decide to accept the invitation, right? It's, it's, it's our decision if we will choose to yield, if we will choose to surrender. So anyways, long story short, I'm going to get into all of that. I feel like a different person today after the last three months of what Akeem and I have just walked through. I honestly feel like I need to reintroduce myself to the people in my community. My name is Yasmina Prosser. I am a changed woman because I just walk, I just, I, I feel like I just went through a triathlon, a spiritual triathlon, and I came out on the other side. I've like, I haven't finished, I've gone through the finish line of this triathlon, you know, because there's going to be more in, in my journey, but I do feel like I've just, I've gone through the finish line of just this kind of this testing of my faith in this season. And so I'm feeling, thanks Brent. And so he got me a box of tissues. Um, so I'm feeling this, I feel like a different person. Like I, I feel like I came, I've come on the other side of the last three months changed. I feel changed. And that's the beautiful experience that we get to have with God that if we lean, if we surrender, if we yield, if we listen, if we obey, there is transformation. There is growth, you know, that the Bible isn't just something we read. It is alive and active. It will transform. It will renew. It will do the things it says it will do, but we partner with it. We have to partner with it. We have to choose to listen and obey and to yield. And so today I want to talk a little bit about what I've learned about my heart um, and what I've learned about the Father's heart in this season of learning to deny living by the flesh and living by the Spirit and choosing to live yielded by the Spirit, we see again and again in the New Testament um, a call to action to live by the Spirit. And I think a lot of us can read it and we're like, yeah, yeah, cool. I'm going to live by the Spirit. But I think sometimes we can get stuck in knowing how do we activate, how do we cultivate living by the Spirit. And maybe that's just me. Does anyone else feel like you kind of get stuck there? Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Just want to make sure we got some people here that can receive this today. Um, so here's the thing. Why I bring up our house situation is that six years ago, Akeem and I, we were young and married and free and wild and kidless and all the things. And we thought, okay, it's two years in. We kind of made this very normal, logic decision to buy a home. There's nothing wrong with our decision to want to buy a home, except for the fact that it wasn't a spirit-led decision. It was a logic, flesh, societal decision. And 
we did it, and it was kind of exciting in the moment, and then, like, you, I don't know, two minutes in, you own a home, and then you're like, oh, my gosh, things are falling apart. This is not fun. Why do we own homes? <laughs> Which is why we're renting. Um, and so um, we, we kind of enter into this, this season of, of homeowning, and just life just happened. A lot of life has happened in the last six years. A lot of life. A lot of life has happened in that home. Lots of really difficult things and lots of really beautiful things. Akeem said it beautifully as we were closing the door of our home the other day. And, um, oh, God. <sighs> Thank you, Brent. And we were just blessing our home. Um, he said, you know, thank you, God, for this home where we grew up in. Like, Akeem and I grew up um, from young adults to trying to figure it out adults. Um, <laughs> and, um, and that's what it felt like, man. We were just like, there was so much refining that has happened in this home and I didn't love it. I love what it produces. I didn't love what it felt like and what it, exp what the experience of that was. But, um, we, we purchased this house out of, like I said, flesh logic, flesh and logic, because as humans, God actually made us very capable. Like we build buildings and skyscrapers and airplanes and we put together incredible mathematics and we make a beautiful creations. Like we have the ability to make in our flesh, in our human humanity, beautiful, wonderful things. He made us very capable. But the Bible indicates that there is a yielding, there is a walking by there is a activation a cultivation a intentionality of living by the spirit that there are two ways we can live and so although he's given us this incredible uh human ability there is still an invitation of reliance on him and so Akeem and I over the last six years have come to through very painful kind of refining and plowing of our heart, um, the soil of our heart, come to realize, oh, this is what, lo this is what produces, lo like logic and flesh produces this kind of fruit, which is a little tasteless, like ever biting into a grainy apple that's like not very sweet. Have you ever experienced that? It's very sad when you bite into an apple and it's grainy. And it's like underwhelmingly not sweet. That's, that's a really <laughs> offensive thing. Just kidding, but kind of. Um, that's kind of like what it feels like. That's kind of like what I have learned. The fruit of flesh logic-led decisions produce. Underwhelming, a little bit grainy, and kind of tasteless. And we started to realize over the last couple of years, we've been doing this wrong. We thought that if we do it, we ask God bless it and God will bless it because it's good and so it must be God. And we've had to learn that there's actually a different level in which we could live by that is a yielding and stepping with. The Bible says walk by the spirit. That we can walk in a new way that will actually produce fruitful, juicy, ripe, perfect peach kind of goodness kind of fruit. And so we started realizing we want that fruit. I don't want this, what this produces. This is, this isn't it. This isn't what he has for us. So I want, I want the ripe fruit, but that comes from a yielding obedience. And so we've told God over the years, we want to do it differently. We want to do it differently, but we don't know how, but we want to, will you teach us? And so this season, 2020 and 2021, has been this, okay, I'm going to invite you into a redo. We're going we're gonna to give you another opportunity with the same options, and we're going to see how you choose to live. And so that's what this season has been for us. And um, I've learned a lot, like I said, about my heart and the things that come out of me when I'm squeezed. The, the expectations and the assumptions of my heart towards God. And I've also learned a lot about his heart. And my, my, my hope is that 
what I share with you today will encourage you to incline your heart more to more and more to him. And that this would this would invite you into greater heart-to-heart connection with him. Because at the end of the day, what I've learned is that that is the number one thing he desires, is heart-to-heart connection with us. And so I want to talk a little bit about, before we get into some of those things, kind of the purpose of the Holy Spirit and this, the, what the Bible says between flesh and spirit. The, the difference between living by the flesh and living by the spirit. Emily spoke an incredible word a couple weeks ago um, on Pentecost Sunday, just the, the beautiful breakdown of the Holy Spirit, first fruits, and a lot of wonderful things. I encourage you to go listen back to her, um, her message. Um, but simply said, the purpose, what I believe is a simple way to say the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives is for ultimate intimacy, empowerment, and equipment. Equipping. Boom. If Hey, Romy says that's it. That's it, y'all. Thank you, Jesus. I'm listening to the same line. Okay, so <laughs> the purpose of the Holy Spirit simply in your life, intimacy, empowerment, and equipping. The Bible describes the Holy Spirit's character and attributes in John 14, 26 as the, um, refers to him as but the helper um, and also comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, and stand by. These are the attributes of the Holy Spirit's presence in our life. Comforter, helper, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, stand by. But like I was saying earlier, often we can stop there and we see, okay, this is the character, this is the nature of the Holy Spirit, got it. But we struggle to really know how to allow the full activation of the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. And so I, I think I'm, I'm learning a little bit more about it. This, this season has kind of taught me another level. I'm sure I'll learn another level in a couple of years. God, please just let me breathe for a minute. <laughs> um, but right now, I feel like I'm learning another level of what it looks like now to kind of activate and cultivate this beautiful, beautiful gift that we have of the Holy Spirit. So another thing I want to share with you is that like I've been saying, there's an invitation to be led by the Holy Spirit. So Galatians 5, 24 through 25. I want to encourage you, if you are wanting to understand and learn and read more about what the Bible is saying about this invitation of living by the Spirit, Galatians 5 and Romans 8, really helpful, really helpful chapters. Both are titled Live by the Spirit, so that was kind of easy. But Galatians 5 and Romans 8. So Galatians 5, 24 through 25 says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified, have, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us walk in step with the Spirit. So again, this indicates an activation and a cultivation of walking in step or aligned with the Spirit. We're going to talk about that a little bit more on some practical, applicable ways to do that um, later. But um, right now we're going to go into a few more scriptures about what the Bible says regarding living by the flesh and living by the spirit. Galatians 5, 16 through 18 says, So I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh craves what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are opposed to each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So again, we see here there's this conscious choice we have to make to activate walking by the spirit. The flesh on its own craves what is contrary to the spirit. So again, this is why we have to even be intentional when we logically come up with thoughts, logically come up with solutions, logically have a response to the things of life. To be very intentional of, Holy Spirit, is that you? Holy Spirit, align me to you. Because we have, our, our flesh is very active. And we have, to, we have to actively align our flesh with the Holy Spirit. It does not say, that you have been, you are, it doesn't say now you have been given the spirit, now just 
you're good, cool, now just good luck, you're going to be great. It says, no, walk, now walk. It continually invites us to walk, to activate. Romans 8.13, I'm excited to kind of give you guys some, um, uh, a little breakdown of this scripture. Romans 8.13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, you, but if by the spirit you will put to death the deeds of the body and you will live. It's kind of like a, a blunt scripture, like if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you will put the death, by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. It's kind of like, well, that's a little, that seems a little blunt, God. And so I did a little digging because I was like, okay, what, what does this really mean? Because again, what we read is so, just such one layer of what we see. And so I found something to be very clarifying for me. Um, when I went and looked at the Greek word of death and live, of die and live here, um, this really helped me understand now what we are being invited into. So I put up here, um, yes, okay. So I, Romy, I don't know if you can pronounce that word. Aponisco. Yep. Okay, so anyways, point being, away from. Okay, this word means away from, die off, away from, separation that goes with the dying off. And then is there one more little chunk that I had? Could you put that one up there? Um, okay, so this word occurs 111 times in the New Testament, and it stresses the significance of separation that always comes with divine closure. Okay, so does that connect a little bit more when it says now, when you live according to the flesh, you will die. When you live according to the flesh, there will be separation. Okay, does that hit home a little different? It's a little bit more uh, applicable. Oh, because you're not like, I'm not going to die right now. But it will create separation. So now, if we go down to live, which is, I can actually pronounce this a little bit better, live zeo, which is where zoe is derived from, to live, experience God's gift of life. So, simply said, to live by the flesh is to live in progressive separation with God. And to live by the spirit is to experience God, intimacy, connection, and relationship. Whoa. Whoa. So again, we are seeing here God's heart for us is for heart-to-heart -heart connection. He desires relationship, connection, intimacy. And he is saying, look, look, look. I know your flesh, I made it. I know it's strong. I know it's real. But here's the thing, sweet son of mine, sweet daughter of mine, if you live by it, we'll be separated. And I don't want to be separated from you. That's why I actually brought Jesus to die on the cross for you, is so that we could live in restored connection again, the way I originally created it in the Garden of Eden. Do you remember the Garden of Eden? That was my, that was my, that was my original creation. And so I'm giving us another chance. I'm giving humanity another chance. I'm giving you the spirit, my spirit, to live in you. And I'm inviting you to live by my spirit so that we can be in full connection, in full intimacy. So when we read Romans 8, and it comes off a little strong, it's actually God's kindness. It's his kindness. God is the most kind person I have ever met. And his kindness is what invites us into this heart-to-heart -heart connection with him. And so when Romans 8 says, if you, if you live by the flesh, it's actually going to equal separation. But if you live by the spirit, you will experience me all of me, 
we will be in full connection. It's good, right? Sometimes it's scary being up here, you guys. You're so quiet. Romans 8. Romans 8, 14 through 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So again, why I'm sharing this scripture is because again, I want you to see, if you go and read chapter 8, Romans 8, the whole way through, you're going to see this progression. There's this really beautiful progression of... And I should have written it down. I thought it when I saw it, and then I didn't write it down. But there's a really beautiful progression of invitation, of these different layers of invitation that God's inviting us into that you can kind of see correlated through chapter 8. And where it ends is here, sonship, adoption, father, son, father, daughter, Okay, so this invitation to live by the Spirit is literally for heart-to-heart connection. So Romans 8 here, for, uh, Romans 8, 14 through 17. For all who were led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received, you have received the spirit of adoption as sons whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. That is what this is for. And if children then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified. That right there, I kind of overlooked that. Provided we suffer with him. I forgot to write this down, but I will tell you, I feel like I have suffered. <laughs> the, the, the process of dying to my flesh so that I could align and walk in step with the leadership of the Holy Spirit has been suffering. I have suffered. I am suffering. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm on that side. I'm good now. Two months ago, I was like, I... I've, I am suffering. This hurts. This hurts to lay down my flesh, to lay down the desires, the needs, the expectations, the wants that I have so that I can trust, so I can hold on to. And that's, it had to, I had to, in order to hold on and trust and yield and obey, I had to lay those things down. I couldn't take those things with me and try to do that. Do you understand? I had to let those things get down let those things go. And I feel like I said to Akeem, I said, I feel like I'm understanding, this might be dramatic, but it's really real. I feel like I'm understanding more now when the Bible says, pick up your cross. You must die to yourself and pick up your cross. I'm like, oh, this is, oh, oh. Dying to your flesh, letting the things of your flesh go. I'm, I feel dead inside. My body, my, my, the will of Yasmina feels dead but my spirit feels alive. I'm experiencing that. I actually, I actually know what the Bible is talking about, you guys. I'm experiencing what the Bible is inviting us into. To, to yeah, I'm not gonna, okay, yeah, focus. So yeah, anyways, that's a whole, I feel like that's a whole nother message. So I'm just gonna put that down. We'll take, keep suffering for another day. Simply said, to live by the flesh, is to live independent of God. And to live by the Spirit is to live in intimacy with him. Simply said, to live by the flesh is to live independent of God. And to live by the Spirit is to live in intimacy with him. And he invites us into this intimacy. He does not force us. He does not control us. He does not shame us. He does not manipulate us into intimacy and relationship with him. He makes it available, and he lets us choose. And I love what Clayton said, such an interesting perspective, too, because I do believe that 
there's this dis- there's this discipline side to our father, right? So kind of what you feel like you're experiencing, you didn't obey to the thing that he was inviting you into. And then there's been some things that have happened that you're now experiencing um, that God is kind of, as you said earlier, you feel like he's He's saying, I'm doing this to challenge you, to turn your heart back to him, essentially. Remind you, here, here, there's some, a repentant moment is available for you, my son. <laughs> Do you want it? Um, and there's another side of God's heart and character and nature that I've been um, coming face to face with that's really blowing my mind is his this this concept of invitation that I know I've said a hundred thousand times and I'll keep saying it is that he does not force us either, right? So you could even in that, Clayton could still ignore it, still not repent and just keep going. But there is also this side of, to the Lord where Romans 1 talks about this that blows my mind where he gives us over to the things that we love more than him. He will give us over to the things that we love more than him. Romans 1. I encourage you to go read it. Which scares me and also makes me feel really safe. That God is not willing to force my hand to choose him. That he loves me enough to let me go if I want that thing more than him. And maybe that's part of the jealousy part of God, right? Where he's like, you want both? You, gotta, you can't have both. But if you want that, if you want this flesh, if you want the things of the flesh more, you can have it. What? <sighs> that challenges me. That challenges me. That makes me actually want him more. Because that makes me feel safe that you won't force me into this. You will give me the option and you let me choose. And you love me enough to let me choose the things of my flesh if I want that more than you. And you will also love me enough to allow me to experience the consequences of those decisions. Because that happens a lot. So earlier I kind of brought this 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 question up like we understand that there's this invitation lived by the spirit and that part of that walking in step with the spirit is to yield to obey to surrender but how do we do this because those are like it's simple right yield obey surrender good good luck everyone bye it's like wow those are really big those are really big concepts to learn how to actually activate and like live out and figure out and, and, and bring into my everyday life. So I want to talk about that a little bit. I, I mentioned earlier, and I think that might be a little point that I put up there. We must lay down and surrender the things of our flesh that wage war against this intimacy with the father. And Kim talked about that and Clean's kind of talked about that this morning in order for us to go to yield, to, to receive, we have to have room to receive. When you go and buy a whole new wardrobe, do you have room to put it in the drawer or in the closet? Do you have to take out some clothes so that you can put some new ones in? There is this reality that there has to be an emptying out so that we can be filled up. And so if we want to begin this process of activating and walking yielded, walking by the spirit, we must lay down and surrender the things of our flesh that wage war against this intimacy with the father. In Galatians 5, 19 through 21, the Bible is very clear about the acts of the flesh. So this is interesting. So Galatians 5. Did I give that to you guys or no? I didn't. That's unfortunate because that's got a lot of big words in it. So really hoping you guys could just look at it. <laughs> Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Okay, cool. It's fine. It's fine, guys. You're all good. Um, that's on me. Um, so Galatians 5, 19 says, it, it's interesting because it actually talks about the acts of the flesh. 
So it says this, the acts, the behaviors, the behaviors of the flesh, okay, which are external behaviors, acts, external, what we see, what we do, they're obvious. Sexual morality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, sorcery, which is witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, rage, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So I thought it was so interesting when I read that the the word was highlighted like the acts of the flesh are, the behaviors, the fruit, the outworking of the flesh are these things, which indicates that there is a root. Because we don't act without a, like things don't come out of us. We don't produce things without a root. Okay? So... These behaviors are rooted in lies and fears in our belief systems. Some root causes of the acts of our flesh, the behaviors, could be a desire to control or to be in control, to fear, or it could be fear, could be doubt, self-sufficiency, self-protection and provision, the need for tangible security. That one is strong. At least it wasn't me. (laughs) I feel like I've died to that one. What we see here, though, is that when we allow these belief systems to make a home in our hearts, they give power to the acts of our flesh, and they deceive us to believe that we must be in control one way or another to be okay, to be safe, to feel secure. If you, I I challenge you, think sometimes about what you do and why you do it. Try to get to the root. That's how I think. I'm I'm constantly, why am I doing this? Oh my God, it's because I feel, that's just how my brain thinks. I ask my husband all the time, well, why? He's like, I don't know why I do it. I'm like, well, think about it. It'll get there eventually. (laughs) But I do, I'm, I'm always aware of what I do and I have this very innate reaction to go down to the root I encourage you when you do something, especially maybe it's an area of struggle or an area that you know is not something that you feel is biblical or that you're proud of, pause. Think, why am I doing this? What do do I feel? And then I feel that way because I believe what? You would be very surprised what you land in because that would be the root system of what's driving you to do the thing. Okay? So behaviors are very different to beliefs. Beliefs fuel the behaviors. And they deceive us. They think, okay, this is going to make me feel safe. This, I will be safe. I will have what I need. I will feel like I am in power. I will feel like I can do this or I want to ensure that I have this, whatever it may be. But this is where the independence from the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit begins. It's in our belief system. So this is where it can either begin or end in our belief systems. And so to break free from this, it's funny, I wrote, it's simple. Repent, surrender, trust and obey. Simply said, not simply done. So I'm learning for me, and I, I do believe this could be a pretty common thing, that often why this simplicity of repenting, surrendering, trusting, and obeying feels so hard because we actually have our own expectations, our own assumptions, our own beliefs, and our own fears that actually hinder us from fully repenting, surrendering, trusting, and obeying. And today I want to share a few things with you that I've learned about my heart in the process of learning how to yield and to surrender to the Holy Spirit. And I don't know if I clarified this earlier. I think I did. I'm an over-communicator and processor and verbalizer, so I apologize. I, what, what I am going to share with you about what's come out of me is that in this process of us feeling the release to sell our home and knowing that this was an invitation for Akeem and I to now do this differently, do this spirit-led, right? We want to do this in step with God, 
him giving us the direction on what decisions we need to make, how we need to make it, to the very detail. We felt this was an opportunity to try this again, an opportunity to put into practice what we've been praying and saying, God, we want to redo. We want to do that again. We're so sorry. Years we've just been repenting. And now this was our opportunity to run the race, to join this triathlon, which I will never do in real life. And this is what I've learned about my heart and the process of learning to yield. My ideal expectations were rooted in results and reward, not Christ. So filter some of these through your maybe struggle or desire to want to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. My ideal, ideal is a key word. I feel like I've either been delivered of idealism or I need to get delivered of idealism because that has rocked my socks the last six months, having to get out of an idealistic headspace and into just reality to be present. So my expectations were rooted in results and reward, not Christ. I assumed that yielding and obeying would result in quick and perfect results without challenge. I did not expect a testing within my activation of obedience. That one has rocked me. I truly, truly believe that, okay, I'm going to obey God this time, so it's going to be good. We're going to get good results, and they're going to be fast. They're going to be perfect. It's going to be easy. No challenge. Challenge means bad. Couldn't be further from the truth. Like I said, we just found out that we have a home on Wednesday. But for two and a half months, I was working very hard. I was working very hard towards that. And there was just these moments that had been that were tested us when we got no's or things weren't going the way that we wanted them to. I started realizing what was getting squeezed out of me was that, oh, I just assumed that if I yielded and obeyed this time, that like it was gonna be easy. I was going to get really good, fast results. Can anyone else relate to that? Okay, good. I just want to make sure that it's not just me. But that had to get challenged. Oh, my gosh, did that get challenged? Number three, my heart wanted tangible security and found comfort in the pursuit of tangible security. I wanted the security. And it felt really good to try to find the security. What can I do to ensure that I'm finding security, tangible and security for us? For I believed God would make it right, or would make the right step clear and have one option for me and that, it, and that I had the ability to either make a good or bad or right or wrong choice. Okay, we, we think like this a lot. I believed God would make the right step clear and that I would only have one option for me and that I could make a good, bad, or wrong or right choice. I'll explain that later a little bit more. To actually wait on the Lord was scary because it required a level of trust and surrender that I thought I was willing to do, but when it was challenged, I had to come face to face with my doubts and my fears. So these are some of the things that got squeezed out of me in this season of refinement as I was learning to lay down the desires of my heart, the desires of my will, because my will is strong. I am realizing I did not, I did not know what strong will look like and meant until I saw it in my toddler, my little three-year-old who tries to, to rule my world. She's just strong and now I'm realizing oh this thing in me that I'm like I will do what I can do to get that thing because I want that thing I will do whatever it takes oh that's what that looks like in a toddler version (sighs) pray for me you guys (laughs) she is strong and wonderful and amazing but wow I'm realizing now what that to God he's like girl you need to just chill what I've learned about the father's heart though in this time has honestly, I think this has been what's changed me, is that I have this encountered this beautiful, beautiful expression of God's heart and character and nature that I'm so grateful that I get to live from now. 
Number one, God invites us to put our hope in him, in him alone, in his character, in his nature, and in his word. Nothing else is promised, but he is unwavering. So easy for us to put our hope and expectations in a result, in a reward, the thing that we're believing for, the thing that we want. But he only ever invites us to put our hope in him, who he is, who he says he is, what his word says. Nothing else is promised. If our hope is in who he says he is, we're good. Sometimes it doesn't feel good because we want the thing. But if we can learn to put our hope, root our hope, anchor our hope in him alone, we will be able to process whatever our, our outcome result may be. Number two, in the testing and in the challenge of faith, obedience, and yielding, there is great reward. It's actually in the testing, it's actually in the challenge of my decision, of my faith, that there is great reward. Now, Akeem and I, Akeem actually, I give Akeem credit, he discovered this sermon, I won't take the credit, but he dis- discovered this sermon by Bill Johnson that was actually talking about obedience and faith. And this world rocked our socks. We both listened to it several times. And it actually brought us to a place of repentance, which I'll share a little bit more. But Bill talked about this incredible concept that um, through the parables, actually, of the, so- the seeds being sown on the different, the different um, grounds and what it produced. And he actually just talked about the reality that if there is no challenge to the seed planted, the faith then there cannot be a reward. It has to be challenged for there to be a reward. And realizing that challenge doesn't mean evil all the time or bad all the time, but that it's a testing of our faith. And in the testing of our faith, if we endure, Hebrews talks about that, then there is a reward. There is a refinement. There is a... um, There is a fruit, a strength, a growth. You know, the Bible talks about we rejoice in our sufferings because it produces perseverance, character, and hope. There there are beautiful things that come out of challenge and out of testing and out of suffering, out of being heated up, right, and purifying. We know those kind of concepts. And so I, I had to realize, oh, challenge and difficulty does not mean wrong or bad. It actually is testing and to endure to keep holding it to keep going to keep doing the thing because it actually makes you want to stop well forget it I tried it and it didn't work forget it okay wow really that that's that all you have little faith you know but it's like okay will we still hold on in the challenge in the testing that's where our faith is refined that's where the producing takes place the father empathizes. This is another thing I learned. This is like, whoo, his, his heart is so good. The father actually empathizes with the desires of our flesh, the needs of our flesh. He understands that we believe we need certain things to feel safe. He's not like, come on, seriously. He's not a gaslighting, dismissive God. Unfortunately, the spirit of religion has given him, given him that impression. God is not dismissive or gaslighting of the needs of our flesh. He is empathetic. He understands that you think you need that thing more than what he might have for you in the future. He understands that feeling. And and he will offer um, options, I believe, out of free will. I'll give an example. In this process of finding a home, we've looked at 100,000 homes, and there was this one home that I knew we could have had in the bag. But it was like not going to be a good situation for our family. And it wasn't going to be, it, it just didn't feel, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel like it was sitting right. It felt like a safe option that we knew we could have. Okay, well, we know then we'll have this. And I heard God say, if you want that, you can have it. 
or you can wait. But I know you feel like you need that tangible security right now. And so if you want this, you can have it. That's that free will. That's that kindness. That's the, I understand. You can. Will it be what you need, want, what I have for you? Not necessarily. But your flesh is saying one thing. I get it. I am inviting you to continue waiting, to continue to trust. But I get it. There was this real piece, which was really annoying, actually, because I was like, no, just tell me it's bad and wrong and no. Keep that really easy for me because I don't want to do the wrong thing. I don't want to do the bad thing. And he's like, no, no, no. There's no wrong. It's not bad. If you feel like that's what you want and need, you can have it or you can keep waiting, <laughs> which is like, no, right? No one wants to wait. So that's what I mean by that. The fourth thing, God is constantly honoring our free will. He does not force, kind of what I'm just saying, I'm repeating what I just said, but he does not force. There is no right or wrong. There is often more beyond what we may see or know and he will make that way if we allow him or we can make it ourselves. We can absolutely make things happen. I can make things happen. I'm very capable of making things happen. I don't want to make things happen because then I have to sustain it. I've had to learn that the hard way. I don't want to sustain the thing. I don't want to do that. So if I want him to sustain it, then I need to let him provide it. And that means I'm going to have to wait longer than I want. Just, I think that's probably the key for it. Just, just know whatever you're waiting for, it's probably going to be not when you want it. Just kidding. I, that's not biblical. I'm just saying it's probably going to happen, though. Um, <laughs> right? Like, does anyone ever get it right when they want it? Right when, you know, does that happen? I would love to hear a testimony on that. Um, <laughs> we get it when we need it. We're all just little toddlers, you know what I mean? Like, we're all just little toddlers just demanding things that we want. No? No? Maybe? Internally with him. Another thing I learned, waiting on him cultivates his protection. When you decide to yield to his direction, there is protection. Again, I could go out on my own, in my flesh, and make things happen. God will be with me, but there's going to be consequences and there's going to be things that are going to happen because of the result of me doing it independently from him. When I yield and follow his direction, there is protection. He is the one providing. I'm allowing him to do the thing that he said he wants to do. I'm allowing him to be my father. I'm allowing him to be my provider. So there is going to be protection. When you yield to his direction, there is protection. Last thing, God makes room for repentance. God makes room for repentance. Like I said earlier, I was sharing this message that we listened to that we realized that actually like the challenge and the testing isn't bad or wrong or the devil or whatever, but that, that sometimes it's actually God's invitation again to test our faith. And Akeem and I had to come to... Uh, acknowledge that we, in the testing of our faith, started getting all fleshy again, started getting all logically, logic-led again, and fear-based again, because we're mad. We just wanted the thing the way we wanted the thing. And so we had to come face-to-face -face with reality. Oh, in this challenge, we're actually dipping out again. We're doing the thing that we said we didn't want to do, and we're going back to logic, we're going back to it. We're like, whatever, we'll take it. We'll take it. We don't even care what it looks like, where it is, whatever. No. And so God invited us out of his kindness to say, hey, it's okay. You can, you can repent. We, can, we still have time. This was like two weeks out before we were closing. We still have time. And we're like, man, two weeks out. We could have, wait, we could have just, there was so much time that we've wasted in this process. But we got on our knees
we repented, we consecrated, we took communion, and we acknowledged the fact that we wanted him to be the leader again. Not our flesh, not our desires, not our needs, not our fears. God makes room for repentance if you acknowledge it, if you lean into it. We can either allow self-sufficiency, protection, or provision to lead us, guide us, and sustain us. We can either allow self-sufficiency, protection, or provision to lead us, self, guide us, or sustain us, or we can allow him to. And in the allowing him to, it goes back to the same foundation, heart-to-heart connection with you. I am more convinced now than ever this whole life on earth is all about reliance on him, dependency on him, walking in step with him, friendship with him. It all, everything goes back to that foundation. So, living by the spirit, if you want to to start activating and walking by the spirit, repent, repent, Surrender and forgive for anything that may have allowed false belief systems to hinder your ability to trust and obey the Holy Spirit. Align, bind yourself to the Holy Spirit. Let him know you want him to lead you alone. Loosen your flesh and bind to the Holy Spirit. Candace, a couple months ago, used these two very key words that the Holy Spirit is inviting me into this. I didn't have those keywords, but bind and loosen. Bind yourself to the Holy Spirit. Let him know, Holy Spirit, I bind my will, my emotions, my mind, my spirit, my body to you. And I loosen everything in me that is not of you. I want to be led by you, Holy Spirit. Lead me. Let him know. Let him know, I want you to lead me. And incline, incline your heart to God. Ask God your questions. Bring the decisions and the directions that you need to him. Allow him to actually guide you rather than allowing logic and flesh to lead you. Allow him, but it, it actually comes from, okay, God, we want to, we feel you're asking us to put this house on the market. How much? Do we add? Do we do improvements? Do we not do improvements? He will answer that question. He did. He made it very clear for us. Ask him these questions. Let him lead you. Let him direct you. But you have to incline. Invite him in. And so I want to end with this. I felt it was really important to end our time together with an exchange. I want to help walk you through an exchange if you feel that you are sensing there are some things of your flesh that are hindering you from being led by the Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to engage in an exchange, an acknowledgement that I want to surrender the things of my flesh, the desires of my flesh, the needs of my flesh, the, the desire to self-preserve and protect and provide the fears that I have, I want to lay those things down so that I can be led and walk in step with your spirit. So if you want to close your eyes. I want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit what is in my heart What is in the belief systems, the root system of my heart that is hindering me from walking in step with you, Holy Spirit? we just thank you we thank you for your kindness and your grace and your mercy we thank you for showing us something in our root systems of our hearts that is hindering us from walking in full connection and being led by your spirit and so father right now we repent We repent of that thing that you showed us, 
that self-sufficiency, that protection, that fear, that doubt, that control. We repent of that right now, Father. And we forgive anyone that cultivated the need for this in our lives. We, we repent of looking to these things, to the things of our flesh and the things of this world to fill the void that you created to fill. For relying and looking to anything other than you. We give this over to you, Father. We lay this thing at your feet. And today we choose to pick up the truth that you are a providing, protecting, good Father that is safe and that desires full connection with us. That you have called us sons and daughters. We pick up the truth of who we are. That because we are sons and daughters, we have a father who does provide and protect. A father who sees and hears. A father who loves and is safe. We fully receive this truth today, Father. We say this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com.